hard to believe, but uh, a desperate and dire situation uh, in Turkey and Syria got even worse over the weekend. Authorities there uh, say the death toll has risen to eight. Now, that's in connection to the two uh, or the aftershock that took place two weeks after the original earthquake. It happened this weekend, uh, magnitude 6.4. The original earthquakes um, killed 45,000 plus um now we've got six more killed, now eight, the death toll has risen to, 294 more injured. Um, and uh, it's just adding more misery to an already awful situation. This is ABC's Ibtissim Genfood. We felt about 20 uh, to 30 aftershocks, uh, one of them extremely intense. Um, during this moment, uh, a lot of people sitting outside, huddling around fires to keep warm, started praying and, and shouting to get away from the buildings. So uh, a sign that, you know, they, they, they knew that they, they had lived that before and they knew it was bound to happen. Yeah, unfortunately, they often do. 6.4 magnitude earthquake, an aftershock two weeks after the original uh, earthquake. Uh, as many as eight dead from the one yesterday, 45,000 plus from the original earthquakes. Now, when the first one struck, you'll remember, teams from all over the planet responded and rushed to the scene to help the rescue survivors, you know, to try and get them out freed from the rubble. But Canada did not. We did have one group of volunteers from Burnaby, B.C., that made their way to Turkey on their own, and they made headlines when they got there as they managed to pull a survivor out of the rubble more than a week after the quake. But there was no official rescue effort from Canada. We sent an assessment team, we've talked about that, uh, made a number of announcements around emergency funding, tens of millions of dollars. But there was a lot of people saying, you know what, we, we could have done more to help in the immediate aftermath, including um, the group that our next guest is with, uh, Sina Katlai, a spokesperson for the Turkish Canadian Society, joins us now. Sina, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Um, I mean, to start, just more tragic news, right? I mean, mm -hmm. uh, another yeah. very strong earthquake two weeks after the first destructive timbers. It's it's just it's the worst possible scenario, isn't it? It is, and actually, our scientists are uh, warned about that, and they are still saying that uh, there might be uh, other ones mm -hmm. coming through. Uh, and the, it, le it looks like the, the earth, this, this, this crack uh, going through that sea uh, in Israel is very active now. Uh, and it seems that the aftershocks and possible new earthquakes are on the way. For the people that are there, uh, you know, we already know tens of thousands have lost their lives. Uh, entire yeah. buildings collapsed and, and destroyed with this continued threat of more. Uh, how does that complicate things? I mean, rescue efforts, rebuilding, recovery, all of that uh, is put at risk now. Certainly. I mean, this, uh, this, <clears throat> unfortunately, the, the recovery work, uh, the, the, I mean, the removing the debris work is, um, is stopped now because of this new earthquake. Mm -hmm. uh, and now uh, the focus went back to, you know, rescue. Uh, but um, fortunately, it is not much. Uh, it seems that only six uh, under the debris now uh, they are trying to save. Um, but in general, uh, the, 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 it, this is a massive scale. I mean, uh, one of the biggest uh, earthquake in the history of the world, it seems like. Uh, and the impacted area is so big. Uh, and about 13 million people impa impacted. Uh, so that's why, I mean, the, the, the effort is not a short term, 
and especially the quick uh, action needs to be uh, to you know to help the people there in the winter condition living and living under the winter condition without house. I think you make a really good point. Uh, the 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 effort, the the international effort um, to offer assistance, it, it's really two phases. You've got the immediate, you've got the long term. In terms of the yeah. immediate, I know your group reached out to the federal government almost immediately um, yeah. and had some concerns about their response. Tell us about what you wanted to see from the Canadian government and what you did see. Yeah, uh, certainly. I mean. Our expectation, so Canada is one of the, uh, having the best teams, one of the best teams in the world for search and rescue, and especially in the winter conditions. Uh, So that's why our expectation was to immediate deployment of those teams uh, into the response uh, to save people. Uh, But unfortunately, it delayed. Uh, the only uh, only ones uh, that can uh, went to Turkey is uh, from Barnaby, um, and uh, it seems that there is a co- connection issue between governments to get those you know mm-hmm. uh, approvals. Um, I think, in my personal opinion, I don't know the background, but my personal opi- opinion is that there should be an easy way for these you know urgent situations uh, instead of waiting for something. Uh, it needs to be, you know, take an action and go uh, kind of um, response. Um, but certainly I don't know the background details. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. It's not as simple as because it, there's an accreditation issue. And we spoke with some people yeah. involved with these um, rescue teams that uh, our government, our, the Canadian government, has focused more on making sure they're ready to help out within Canada and hasn't gone so far down the road of the accreditation. So so that's part of the problem because there are teams that are almost on a list uh, internationally yes. that, that are ready to go. Yeah. Um, and yes. you'd like to see yes. Canada work towards that then? Certainly. I mean, uh, Turkey received uh, search and rescue teams more than 90 countries. Yeah, yeah. So they managed to send. <laughs> why Canada didn't, I don't know. That's yeah. why I'm uh, a bit uh, disappointed with that. Uh, but at the same time, uh, possibly there's, there, there might be some other reason that we are not, for, we are not seeing it. Yeah, I think it's the accreditation is what we've heard anyway. What I wanted to ask you, because I've heard from some people, there's an Alberta man who's in Turkey, uh, lost two members of his family, uh, and is trying to get in touch with Canadian officials in Turkey and saying that's almost impossible. Yeah, at embassies, consulates, things like that. It's really hard to find Canadian representation right now. Are you hearing anything like that in terms of uh, what the Canadian government is doing on the ground in Turkey? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Okay. I don't heard anything. But it is generally it is very hard because there is a high demand for the visa, uh, the Canadian visa or uh, EU visa. Uh, that's why the I mean the consulates are like uh, very hard to reach uh, in general. Yeah, and I think that's the report. I mean, and, and like you said, there are two phases to the recovery mm-hmm. and the rescue and the assistance effort. And Canada has sent an assessment team and, um, you know, $10 million on this kind of funding, $10 million on this. So it's not to say Canada isn't involved at all. And maybe, maybe, Sina, down the road, we'll find out exactly where we can best be used. <coughs> and Canada will be a major player in, in assistance. This is what we are hoping yeah. as, a, as, a, as a Canadian uh, coming from Turkish route. 
Um, and also, it is not only Turkey. There are impacted people in Canada. And as a Canada, uh, an immigrant country, uh, it's a very good opportunity for, for Canada as well. So there are many impacted people, uh, students, uh, that, uh, that can uh, migrate to Canada with their families. Uh, because it seems that there will be a need for immigration because mm-hmm. the whole area is devastated. Uh, so that's an opportunity, and I think uh, it, it is a good opportunity for Canadian government uh, to to think about it. Yeah, I think you're right, and, the, the, and it's going to there'll be years of ways to offer assistance to that part of the world. So, Asina, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.